0: people are talking about in Germany these days? That's what we're talking about right now on Travel with Rick Steves with Berlin-based journalist Holger Zimmer and German historian Fabian Ruger. Gentlemen, what am I likely to hear people talking about after work in the bars of Germany these days?
1: Holger? I think basically maybe Fabian might agree in that people talk about the große Koalition, die GroKo, which is like our new government, which is formed by grand Social Democrats' Grand Coalition of basically the two major parties in Germany SPD Social Democrats now with CDU Christian Democrats formed this coalition under again under Angela Merkel the Groko Groko, GroKo. Große Koalition so
0: the great, grand, grand, grand great coalition, coalition. Yes. and Fabian Americans we have you know our our congress and it's uh, usually just one party or the other is going to dominate because we just have two parties but in most of Europe you have no single party has the majority So no party can rule without getting along with another party and collecting a coalition to have a majority. Explain that in a nutshell to our our listeners who might be going to Germany.
2: Well, essentially, the voting system favors a number of parties and not just two. Several parties get elected into parliament, and that means if you want to get a majority in parliament to form the government, you have to get two or three different parties in parliament together to form a coalition. That's what has been the case in post-war Germany pretty much since 1961.
0: Now, it's just this sort of a mechanism where, depending on the mood of the electorate, you got your leftists that want to rule as left as possible, but they got to compromise just enough to get a majority. Or do you have odd bedfellows where you've got right-wingers and left-wingers actually making a government together? The system forces almost compromise
2: and that, you know, it has its upsides and it has Uh its downsides. And uh, right now, the election result was very strange because the conservative party of Angela Merkel, who is the chancellor, was very good, but not good enough to form the government all by herself. So she had to find a coalition partner. And the only partner that was ready to coalesce with her, really, was the Labour Party, who was really running directly against her. So, but they um, would be farther to the left of her normally.
0: Oh, yes. They are right. the more liberal. Of so the two they powers. would have to compromise substantially in order to get part of the voice of government. Both of them do. But the absurd situation now is that basically more than a
2: two-thirds majority are now basically part of government. So
1: we don't really have a like opposition anymore, oh. as it would be like before. So you've They're got a super coalition that can really yes. run the show? They could, but also like they probably have to compromise a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think people are, I know yeah. many people of my friends are not too happy with this. In the polls, this is very unpopular. Everybody
2: knows that this is sort of the emergency solution because no other government formation is currently
0: so viable. So everybody is compromising too much right. in, the, in the electorate size because that's the opposite of the United States is we don't have any compromise at all. So we're not doing anything, and you guys have everybody getting along and compromising, yeah. and all the ideologues are, are going home sad. And I think most political pundits agree
1: that this will probably not last very long. Both sides will <laughs> want to get out of that coalition. Basically, every early. every day there's news about, like, internal rifts, you know, so it's not gonna going very well there.
0: Now, you know, from the United States, the European Union is fascinating, and the crisis that you guys are struggling with, like our crisis and so on, and Germany is like the success story, and you guys just kind of work hard, produce a lot, and bail out everybody else. Uh, I don't know if that's too simplistic, but how do you Germans see it? Because you're spending billions of dollars subsidizing people who are corrupt and lazy south of your border so they can keep buying your stuff. I think that's actually really complicated.
2: If you look at who gets the money that people are being bailed out with, it's not the people of, say, Greece who get that money, it's the banks who get that money. And the banks who get that money are, incidentally, not Greek banks. They're mostly German and French and American banks.
0: So you're bailing so out we're
2: Greece bailing by out, giving money to the banks exactly, that Greece but money to. and Greece will owe that money. And, oh. and
1: that's sort of a bad deal, if you think about it. Fabian is completely right in saying it's not just like we Germans think, oh, those southerners down there, they don't work too hard. But well, we do know that it's about who actually gets the money from there. So we should not get into this uh you know that, argument you know about all oh, the good germans so there's or actually, financial roots to
2: the problem big uh, financial is, institutions yes, the question will remain and i think europeans will discuss this for quite a while how to make a euro work for everybody and mm-hmm. not just for the area that is the most productive
0: in terms of industry our phone number is 877-333-7425 and sally's on the line in ashland pennsylvania sally thanks for your call
3: hi rick hi. Uh, thanks for having me Last summer, I was in the Westerwald of Germany in the little village where my ancestors come from, and there was discussion among several people I heard about how their tax money was pretty much just funding the infrastructure of the eastern part of Germany mm-hmm. while there was nothing, they said, for their area. And and that surprised me, and they said that Bavaria was fine because they're such a rich area, but that in this area of the Vesterwald and surrounding areas, it was becoming downtrodden. And then when I was leaving the village to head on what was to be a three-hour trip to uh, Marburg, shortly into the train journey, the train stopped. There was n- nothing said, and some people got off the train, and apparently uh, we sat there on the tracks for about a half hour, and then the train decided to return because a cable had fallen across the track up ahead and it took them a while to figure out whether they could get it repaired or not and long story short uh, what was to be a three-hour trip took six hours and what was to be four trains took seven trains and I thought wow this is not something I really anticipated in Germany I know things happen and there's always the unexpected. But I began to wonder whether that was part of what they were discussing.
1: Well, Sally, thanks for, for that comment. Um, I think there's two things here. For one, I'm really happy that that happened to you because maybe it might shatter the cliched view that we have that everything is perfect in Germany. It's not. You know, I've been taking many trains <laughs> and right. things can happen. So I think what you experienced does not really have anything to do with things being not maintained anymore, really. That's not the point. But the discussion is, it's a good point here. We have a long discussion about it. Right after unification, basically, Germany introduced sort of a special tax. They don't call it tax, they call it a Solidaritätsbeitrag. Basically, solidarity. So it means uh, people in the West should pay, actually everyone pays that, not just people in the West, but Let's pay a little bit, I don't know how many percent it is, to actually develop uh, what was former Eastern Germany, which was infrastructurally pretty much poor, pretty run down in many, many ways, you know, roads and waterways and buildings. So we still do pay that. And there's a discussion about it. And I do know the feeling that a lot of people in the West say, why pay this? Because my city is falling apart as well. I mean, that is a discussion that is still going on. But I do think it was really worth It was good to do this because East Germany was way behind. But... Well,
0: when when Germany was united, suddenly you've got 30% more territory and 30% more population, but you've got these poor cousins that suddenly are in your family, Mm -hmm. and the mass of the wealthy German society decided we've got to subsidize this and, and build it up. Today, is the infrastructure essentially the same on both sides, or it's still behind in East
2: Germany? In fact, it depends on the exact area you're looking at, but some areas in East Germany are now much, much better off than some of the areas in West Germany. In fact,
3: that's what the people were saying, was that East Germany was in way better shape than West Germany now.
2: It depends on the area, of course, you're looking at in detail, but it's true that uh, East Germany is basically
0: now at the end of the
2: catching-up process
0: to West Germany. It's quite remarkable what Germany has done in the last generation. Sally, thanks for your uh, comment and your insight there.
3: And just one quick question. I was wondering is there an end? Is it going to continue that everyone is continually? Subsidizing East Germany, or uh, was that in a certain time frame?
2: Every couple of months, that discussion is beginning it's in politics, and you know how this works; like it yeah. will come up more mm-hmm. and more often, and eventually there'll be there'll be a vote for that, and they'll stop the Boy, subsidies. It, from was East it was a long road and to go, and I'm sure
0: that someday they'll stop, yeah. but there's still place to go.
3: I see. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks again, sure. Sally. Man, we could talk all day about German taxation and economy and all this sort of thing, and incorporating Eastern Germany into the rest of Germany. But let's finish, uh, Fabian and Holger, just talking about something popular or something musical or cultural. Uh, Both of you, if you could just finish with uh, some ideas on what's on people's minds in Germany.
1: What I really find fascinating is in the big cities like Berlin, like Frankfurt, there's a new generation of musicians, of people making music, and they actually are maybe second, third generation immigrants to Germany now, because we also have our immigrant community, a lot of Turkish people Mm -hmm. in Berlin, for example. There's one popular band now uh two actually that fabian knows one is seed from berlin and the other one is culture candela and they do some kind of dance uh, kind of hip-hop sort of mix but what i find very interesting about them is these young people they speak in german they have a song that is german mixing german spanish and maybe english together so it is like young people this mix it reflects of like the state of this immigrant society that we are
2: It flows in both directions. I mean, I have two artists I love to listen to from Germany. And if you listen to them, you wouldn't necessarily think their music is actually German. Um, There is Peter Fox, who is the main, he's the lead singer of that band Seed. uh, And he has had a very successful album, which is basically German hip hop. But some of the music section is actually by American musicians that he brought over because he wanted them to play some of the music for his album. It's a fantastic album. Great L- lyrics.
1: Stataffe. yeah. City Ape. Uh, uh, City, City Ape.
2: Ape or City Monkey. And if you don't like hip hop, there's a wonderful artist also from Berlin. Her name is Laura Lopez Castro. And as you can tell by the name, she's actually a second generation Spanish immigrant to uh, Germany. And uh, with a friend of hers, they recorded an album of South American style bossa
0: nova music. Right Which in uh, yeah. Right in, in Berlin. Berlin. Embraced Completely as, as Berlin pop music. now in Germany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something to talk about next time you go to Germany. That's right. <laughs> Fabian Ruger and Holger Zimmer, thanks so much for giving us a little insight into what Germans are talking about this year. Thanks, Rick. Dankeschön. Each year, Rick Steves Tour Guides take free-spirited travelers on escorted tours all over Europe, one small group at a time. This year we're featuring tours of Germany, Austria and Switzerland, Berlin, Prague and Vienna, and the heart of Belgium and Holland. For a free catalogue and Rick's Tour Experience DVD,
3: visit the tour pages at ricksteves.com.